Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the D2 Alive. And oh, there's a lot to unpack after an, another epic stage of the Giro. Stage 20 is done. It, it didn't quite pan out the way we thought it would, but uh, there was some bloody impressive rides. A couple of Aussies lit it up on the second last climb. We'll go through all of that. We've got Matty Lloyd coming on the show a bit later on, who won the Mountains jersey in 2010 and a stage at the Giro. And we're, of course, going to be chatting with uh, Team Bike Exchange head DS, Matt White, to dissect what happened. I'm joined, as always, by four-time national road champ, Johnny Trevorrow, Olympic gold medalist and commentator, Scott McGorry, and, of course, the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett. Uh, I'll start with you, Ify. First of all, how are you feeling, mate? Uh, yeah, it was coming good today, but I sort of went downhill or so, but we'll struggle on, mate. We'll struggle on. If yeah. at any point in this show I feel you that you dip and you need to just shut it down, I'm going to call it, mate. So okay, well. <laughs> just hang in there. But uh, Phil, it was a, it was an epic stage, stage yeah. 20, uh, sensational uh, victory by Damiano Caruso. Uh, what were your thoughts on the stage, mate? Well, on the whole tour, I think, Dan, it's been such an incredible Giro this year. So much fun to watch, so much intrigue, so much suspense. And I think the winner yesterday, Martinez, oh boy, if anybody deserved a stage win, that was the one. I'm so happy for that guy and he's, he's had a great Giro. And of course, he saved the day, he got away from Yeti. We all thought Yeti was going to pull back 20 seconds and be at least second in Milan later today, but... Uh, I don't think he can do it now in the time trial. And I think the top three as they stand will be the top three in Milan as well. It's been a fabulous, fabulous tour. Enjoyed every minute of it. And of all the teams, only two teams are getting all the men home to the finish line. And the two unlikely teams, Guardiani and uh, Wanty, they'll get all eight riders back into the finish line. So it's just been full of intrigue and uh, credit to cycling. Uh, Scooter, old Heinrich Hauser was pretty excited uh, by Caruso's win. Uh, you sent me a video. This was Heino's reaction at the finish. Mate, you bloody legend. You bloody legend. Absolutely. Just killed them today. Bloody legend. Bloody legend. Get in there, buddy. You ripper. This is becoming a trend now. With, uh, I, I, I noticed you beeped, you beeped a couple of bits out of that, mate. No, I, I just kept it raw. I know knew the score. He didn't, he didn't drop any F bombs. I thought there was an F bomb in there when I heard it. But anyway, there we go. Yeah, I thought there was uh, as well, actually. So we probably missed that one. But, but uh, uh, agree, agreeing with you, Phil, you, you did. Uh, um, you said Martinez, but you meant Caruso. But um, oh, yeah. Thank you. He, he, yeah. he was the great part of the story, wasn't he? He well, he was. Martinez mm -hmm. really has uh, saved this tour for yeah. Bernal, without any doubt. Yeah, He's been so awesome. But uh, when you think about Bahrain victorious, you know, they had hardly anyone left, half a team. And to ride an attacking um, stage like that, just take it on, was super, super impressive. Yeah. Uh, also very impressed with Michael Storer. Uh, you know, he, he was so strong. Uh, for, for, yep. for his team team leader uh, in Bardet. But, yeah, overall, you know what? I think the placings in Milan uh, tonight are the correct ones. Uh, yep. I, I think uh, Manel yep. deserves to win. Uh, Caruso, it's been the steadiest of all the contenders, um, deserves his second place with after that performance yesterday. And the AC, you know, does, definitely deserves to be on the podium. So, And they're miles. It, like they're, I think, four minutes 
between uh, Yatesy and Vlasov for four. So those three, uh, as you said, Phil, will stay where they are. So, But well, what a day. But it's superb, John. And the fact is that the way this, this race has gone, it's not been a one-man show, even though, yes, now the Neos boys have been fantastic, <coughs> but they've also been fallible at times. And you're right about Martino. Yesterday was an absolute superstar. He saved Bernal and just left him to get a few seconds at the end. Absolutely fabulous. Though, in all fairness, it's it's been a tour to remember, and uh, and there's we've had a number of individuals. Hugh Carthy, all the guys have had a little go. That's been fabulous. It's been the return of top bike racing for me this year. Absolutely, yeah. So for me, it was the um, it was the day of the teammates, okay, because it, it did kick off on the descent of the San Bernardino Pass, and it was Chris Hamilton, our man, Chris Hamilton, um, for DSM that lit it up on the descent and took Stora and of course Barday with him. So they had a plan to light it up on the descent to try and put Ineos under pressure. That actually did because we did see the interview from Bernal that um, Martinez was off the back of that lead group in the peloton. So they couldn't really, even if they wanted to, they couldn't really just kind of light it up and go after DSM because they were waiting for Martinez to come back. Um, and that's when the, the Bahrain Victorious guys, Bilbao and um, and Caruso went. So we had the teammates in, in Hamilton lighten it up on the descent to get them off the front. Bilbao also did the same thing for Caruso to get across to that group. And then when they got to the uh, the next two climbs, that's when Stora came into his own for Bardet. And, and Bill Bow all the way to, I think, 6Ks to go. And one of the best things I've seen in cycling for quite some time was when Bill Bow on the final climb finally had, had emptied the tank and Caruso went to go past him and just gave him the, the double pat on the back um, as a sign of respect. Now, I, I remember Jeremy Hunt telling me the story from years and years ago. Jeremy Hunt, you know, British sprinter, but he rode for the Benesto team with Miguel Indurain. Didn't do too many races with Big Mick back then because you know, different agendas, obviously. But there was one race, he said, where he had to do some chasing on the front before whatever climb it was that Indurain was going to light it up on. And, um, and when he pulled off the front, Mick came past and actually it just said to him, thank you. And he said that's something that stuck with him forever, that Big Mick actually took the effort to say thank you as he was going shooting out the back and that kind of thing there for for real bail as well from caruso just shows i think we're dealing with um a very very good character in damiano caruso i had the same thing in 2013 tour de france when we released the acdc video cavendish rode past and went good video mate i've never forgotten that it was awesome (laughs) there you go it's a little thing Uh, You uh, talked about Chris Hamilton. He was his reaction after the finish. It was kind of, I didn't really know what was happening until I was on the descent. Um, but, you know, when I heard the first time on the radio that, you know, they were at the bottom, I'm like, all right, they made it down safe. That's, that's the main thing. And then, yeah, I'm not, it was breaking in and out the whole way. But from what I heard, Roman had a pretty good ride. Well, was it the plan to take this risk and send a few up the road? Yeah, we we uh, we, yeah we wanted to. It would have been good to have. Uh, yeah, we thought in in the meeting it would have been if there was a big break and, and we can get someone ahead for you know the flat parts on the descent or even the bottom of the climb. Um, we could use it to our advantage. But uh, yeah, we we didn't quite get the gap. or they didn't quite get the gap that they wanted. Um, but actually, it, it timed out okay because we caught Nico Dens on the on the downhill section of the of the first long climb, and 
yeah, Ramon had good legs and yeah, we, he, we thought that, you know, we give it a bit of a rip over the top of that climb and see if we can do some damage and uh, yeah, then went over into the descent and it, it broke up a little bit and so we just like, oh, well, we'll commit to this and keep going. Yeah, great interview there. Now, one of, one of the things we were talking about earlier uh, yesterday was the tactics pre-stage, and we knew that um, you know other teams were going to try and light it up like what Chris was saying there. Now, I did find one uh, insight from Chris Horner. He's been posting videos every day on YouTube, and he was actually quite critical of the bike exchange tactics. I want to play the bit where he explains why. Bike exchange who I'm sure sitting in the meeting before today's stage said they want the racing as hard as it could be on Ineos. They want total chaos. They want to isolate Egon Bernal. Now Bahrain victorious with Damiano Caruso and DSM with Bardet up there have put that pressure all over the Ineos guys. They do not have Filippo Ogana there to control everything and bring and wrap it all back up into a pretty package like we're used to seeing. Now they're left with Salvatore Puccio. They're in damage control and bike exchange puts a guy on the front to help Inos back there riding. Absolutely crazy. In my book, I would have never put them on the front. Every time when we see this in big Grand Tour races, you know Simon Yates bike exchange team said they wanted this. They wanted Enos under threat, in danger, put the, team, put the pressure on their team. Now it's happening and what do bike exchange do? They throw a guy on the front for 10K through that valley to help the Enos train and help their leaders. What happens if they don't throw them on there? They, the gap's a little bit bigger. Now all of a sudden Martinez has to go harder up the last climb and then Simon Yates is left with the isolated Aegon Bernal. Instead, they ha they got the scenario they wanted, but they just blew it when they put guys on the front. That was the mistake I seen and the knucklehead mistake I saw out of Bike Exchange on today's stage of the Giro. What do you think about that, Johnny? Knucklehead, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I must have dozed for a fraction through the night because... I didn't think that happened exactly when he's saying it happened. I didn't realise that that was when uh, Bahrain were up the road. Uh, maybe they were really concerned about uh, uh, second place going up the road. Um, that's my only thoughts. We'll have to ask Matty. Mm. What do you think, Scooter? I think he's got a good point. You know, that's yeah. You know, perhaps it was a bit of des desperation that yeah, maybe that they were losing the place on the podium. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Chris has got a really good point there. We can talk, put that to Matt uh, later on. Yeah, and uh, obviously Simon Yates, he didn't quite have the legs. His his reaction on the backstage pass after the finish. Yeah, I just didn't have the have the legs to do anything. Where we had a plan on the start to to try swimming on the second to last climb, but I got there and I didn't have the legs. Bit of fatigue from yesterday, bit of fatigue from three weeks of racing hard, and as always, I did my best. So that's how it is. Chapeau to the guys who stayed away. That was a bit unexpected. They went away on the on the descent before the climb, which I wasn't really uh, expecting. But that's how it goes. And now, uh, yeah, we'll try and finish it off with the TT. Uh, Phil, I'm gonna ask you. It must be good for the sport that you know all the GC contenders at some point had a bad day. Like yeah. you, you know, gone are the days where you know some of these guys are just riding off the front for ages. You just never know what, what each stage is going to dish up. Well, for me, having lived all those 
through the doping years of the 70s, 80s, etc., 90s onwards. Um, I think it's uh, it's highlighted just what a great race we've seen, and that perhaps we really are winning the war against the drug takers because uh, these are like the, the good old days of, of waiting for the 60s and 50s when every top rider always waited to get rid of that band-aid and we're seeing those bad days. I don't think there's a rider come through this Giro who hasn't had a bad day and they know it's going to come. Now we're in modern racing, but they know it's going to come. Bernal clearly had one. I'm sure after the race is over, he'll tell us how hard he, he was lucky to survive that bad day he had three or four days ago. Um, obviously, Simon's had it as well. Uh, Caruso has just been Mr. Consistent and kept on getting away. Uh, if he's had a bad day, he's kept it well. Uh, I think it's just been, a, it's just had every element. And I just hope the Tour de France can measure up to the Giro uh, in a few weeks' time. Because if it does, we're going to have a terrific Tour de France. If he, what do you think the key learnings are going to be for bike exchange coming out of this Giro? Look, I don't think they did much wrong, other than what was just being pointed out. Yeah. Um, I like the way they took the race on, you know. The last few days where they had the whole team on the front, keeping the gaps down, they looked impressive. They looked in control. The stage that, uh, that Simon won was a, an absolute ripper. Um, really, I know he faltered a bit uh, last night, but uh, his only real bad stage was the one, uh, you know, back you know, four or five days ago where he just, just lost you know, a few minutes uh, he struggled a bit early with lots of little niggles and stuff, but uh, he had that one really bad one. We lost a few minutes, and that's what's put him uh, down three, three, three and a half minutes where we don't, he'll be within a minute other than that. But, hey, don't call me Evie for nothing. Uh, but, look, as, as Phil was just saying, it's been an amazing zero. You know, if Bernal hadn't... Of crack. If, if Yatesy had to put in that enormous ride, we'd still be talking about it being a great Giro, you know, 12 new stage winners, uh, with all of those uh, aspects. But the minute that Yatesy put Bernal under pressure, the whole complex of the event changed. And then we had, wow. Can he crack more? You know, so it just threw that extra bit of intrigue into it, which just made the race super, super special. Well, my theory of things battling the cold was thrown out the window because he rode pretty well. <laughs> um, what, so, what? Uh, backing up what Johnny said there, uh, Chris Horner, I think he he was probably I think he was correct in what he was saying, but it didn't matter. So it would have only mattered if Simon had the leads to back it up. So put Martinez under more pressure on the final climb. Bernal has to then ride on his own earlier, and that would have been the opportunity for Simon to attack. But he just didn't have the legs. So it didn't matter what tactics Bike Exchange used before that. Um, Simon, as you said, just didn't have, and as you showed, didn't have the legs to uh, capitalise on any other change of tactics. And Simon might have already said to them, guys, I I'm not that good today. So let's not let the gap go too much. I'm, I'm not like... You know, yesterday. So it could have easily been the conversation. Well, I think you could tell with his positioning. Like, if he's feeling good, he is up the front. But when he was sort of mid-pack in that front group, it was clear signs because you knew that something was going to happen. If he wasn't in the right position, he just didn't have the legs. So, anyway. Hey, Phil, um, you're going to head out for a bike ride soon, but uh, how's yeah. the preparations going for your online ride? 
Oh, the online ride's going really well. We've um, our kind donators. We're up to over three and a half thousand dollars US now. And um, I'll tell you the the recipient, which is Kareka Game Reserve in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, are in tears when they talk to me every day because they've never realised I've had so many friends around the world. Because of course, uh, with COVID hitting South Africa and stopping all the tourism. Uh, well, who's looking after the animals and the people on the reserve too, the indigenous tribal people, because they're in trouble as well. Uh, they're employed by the reserve and there's no one there. So we're really happy with the way it's going. We start, we're online next uh, next Saturday and Sunday with our first two events. Uh, Christian Vanderbilt is going to join me from uh, the other half of Chris Horner, by the way, because they both work me on the Tour de France. And, and uh, Christian's he actually sponsors a rhino as well, which was a Christmas present by his wife a couple of years ago. So we're very happy. We're really happy. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to the ride too. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, fullgas.com and you can download the app and take a look. It's, it's the most interesting app because they're not avatars. They're real film from the reserve or from whatever event you're doing. Tomorrow, for example, I'm, I'm around New Zealand tomorrow, Lake Torpo, riding with... Um, a lot of bike riders over there uh, around the lake and interviewing them. We've got we've got uh, bike riders, champion of New Zealand is riding, Georgie. Um, so we've got some really good riders with us on that ride tomorrow morning. But early my time, though, seven o'clock start from in the morning. Oh, you're an early riser, aren't you, Phil? You'll be up doing like push ups next to the bed at six thirty. Yeah. Hey, Phil, you mentioned my peloton in the African safari, which is what we call it. We call it Phil's peloton in the African safari. No limit to how many come on board. It costs you $40 donation. Um, yep. but frankly, you can pay what you like. And, well, I've, uh, I've already dobbed us three in, so we better. Are you in? Are you in? Yeah. I yeah, thought there was so two. I didn't, I didn't think I was riding. No, you, you, there, there is a armchair option for you. Okay, oh, I'll do that. There is an armchair option. You don't, you just download the app, uh, fullgas.com. And um, once you've donated, you will receive information from them. Um, All right, well, you can count right. on me for that, Phil. I'll do it. They give you the link and you can talk to us. I mean, we're on Zoom. Ah. You, need two, you need two devices. Obviously, you're on Zoom like we are now. And then on the other app, on the other device, like an iPad or your telephone, you have the full gas app. Yep. Uh, then you, we all shout go, uh, and you'll see us all ride off, and we get amongst the animals on the trails, and I've, I'm interviewing people, like John's there, I'll chat with John, we'll talk about what we're talking about now, maybe, or whatever, because um, John's always threatened to come to Africa, so now he can meet the people that actually live there, and, um, and so Before on and so forth. It's it's a real and the ride will last just over an hour, um, and there's four rides, and for the same donation you, you're in for all four rides, or you can just do one. It's up to you. So those well, listening, the web so there's only two days of the four where the timing really suits you, uh, but they are being recorded, so you'll get a copy of something. All right. So those listening, the website is k a r i e g a dot co dot z a forward slash peloton so That's get it. on board sign up it. get involved all it's a great cause you press donate or register and you get the lot all the info comes to you yeah well we've really appreciated you being on the detour phil uh we're really looking forward to the tour of france and um we hope that uh the event uh goes really well for you and you raise a lot of money mate it's a great cause 
Yeah, we're looking forward to that. And, of course, I'm looking forward to actually working again, too. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Tour de France, obviously, my 49th. And then um, just after that finishes, I'll be doing the Olympics with Channel 7 uh, and with Scotty. And uh, and then just after that, I've just got a new job. Um, I'm, I'm anchoring a, an eight-man commentary team, eight-man and women commentary team, for a brand-new triathlon in Slovakia, if they let me into the country, of course. And that's in August, and that's got a, the richest ever prize list for a triathlon of $1.5 million. And there's only 36 athletes for a two-hour race. That's not bad earnings, is it? I heard they had the richest ever prize list for commentators as well. Just no, 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 Unfortunately, it hasn't quite reflected that way, Dan, but I was hoping <laughs> it didn't happen. But I'm looking uh, forward to it so much because I love triathlons. I, I used to do them quite a lot as a commentator. I'll never be able to compete because I can't swim. Oh, uh, well, you'll be right, mate. Well, thanks again, Phil, for joining us, and uh, we'll speak to you soon, mate. All the best. All the best to all of you guys. Lovely to see you again. Good on yeah, you, Phil. Mate. Take it easy. All the last day. Okay. Yeah. Good on see you, mate. you, mate. Bye. Phil Liggett, yeah, um, voice of cycling. cycling. The, the triathlon uh, thing there uh, makes me wonder how uh, Adam Hansen is going in his transition mm. from pro, pro, pro riding into triathlon. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked it, looked it up. I don't know if he's had any competitions or not, but uh, maybe someone watching or listening knows a little bit more about what's, what he's been up to. Well, we've got Matty Lloyd uh, just about ready to go. We'll go through some of the uh, comments and questions uh, before we chat to Lloydie. Matthew says, hey, boys, great to see you all. Wendy, super fan. Hi, Dan, John, Scott and Phil. The Giro this year has been so exciting, not knowing who would win each stage until last minute. Best of luck. Bikey's changed tonight. John, thanks for your support, mate. He says, the Detour podcast has been, I'm sure you, it's not your intention, a hidden gem. In particular, great to get Matt White's insights, uh, intention for the stage and uh, review of previous stage. Thanks again, lads. Uh, Wombat Breath, fascinating stage. Good to see a great effort from the number two Aussie team as well, DSM. Uh, regarding the tactics, uh, Sally Ann says Matt Keenan said something similar last night. Uh, Free Ranger says Chris Horner's Butterfly Effect YouTube channel puts out some good content. He does give out the Knucklehead Awards uh, on many of the stages. Uh, and Russell says it's been a cracking race, only made a little more intriguing by bike exchange efforts two days ago, if only. Uh, Ian Thomas, we're, we're chewing through him here. <laughs> <laughs> he says you can't be upset with Caruso's win, even though it wasn't Simon's best day. Great time to get his first pro stage. Uh, Rob Charlton, top quality always, boys. Asking for a mate. Who is the voiceover lady from Bike Exchange? Good vibes. We'll have to uh, find out, Rob. Uh, there's a couple. We, but we all agree. We all agree. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, what, what I was going to uh, ask Phil before was because he mentioned Chris Horner and, uh, and Christian Vandervelt, um, and then we just got Chris then in, in one of the comments. Um, my understanding is when they brought Chris into the commentary for the Tour de France, maybe was it two years ago, he, he came in for the first time working with Christian and, and the NBC crew in America, which, of course, we don't get to see or hear any of their commentary. Um, but they really butted heads. I don't think uh, Chris, like typically all the commentators seem to, you know, just flow and ebb and flow and get along, whereas Horner would take Christian to, uh, to task on a few things. I think the first year... The producers thought this was gold because they uh, they oh, had yeah. some real battles. Mm, they had some real battles. That's what you want. Yeah. Now, before we get to Matty Lloyd, we'll have a quick word from our great mates at Bike Exchange. If I can locate the video, there it is. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 
374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank. And these bars. This could be the perfect match. But not this one. This girl has a bike to sell. And thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours. And the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Thanks again to our... Oh, my voice dropped. <laughs> Thanks again for, to our great mates at uh, Bike Exchange. Now, if you normally I'll get you to do the intros, but I'm going to monitor your progress throughout the show. I'm going to throw it to Scotty. What can you say about our next guest, Matty Lloyd? Okay, Matthew Lloyd. Uh, Matty is a superstar climber from uh, from Melbourne, Victoria, you know, former Australian road champion. You can see him there with the Australian Championships jersey on. But biggest win was a stage of the 2010 Giro d'Italia, and he also won the King of the Mountains overall competition just ahead of Ivan Basso. I think Cadell Evans might have been in fourth in the King of the Mountains comp that year as well, and that was the year that the Australians won three of the jerseys. Lloydie in the King of the Mountains jersey, uh, Richie Port in the white jersey for the best young rider, and Cadell Evans took out the points competition. Um, so fantastic result by all the Aussies in 2010. And one of the best of them was Matthew Lloyd, you know, taking out the KOM jersey. So, uh, yeah, he's a great character, always very well liked within the pro peloton. And he joins us now. Lloyd, can you hear us? I can. Oh, hey, How are you travelling, mate? <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad. Good to see G'day. you all. G'day, Matty. I haven't seen you in years, mate. Good to see you, pal. You too, Ify. There you go. Hey, mate, I hope that intro was okay for you. Oh, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Now, we, we used to enjoy the uh, chats with you, Lloydie, back in the day, particularly at the Tour de France, because we never knew what we were going to get out of you, mate. Um, you're one of the all-time classic uh, characters in the pro peloton. Did you get a sense of that when you are on the teams back in the day with Lotto and, you know, you had guys like uh, Robbie McEwen and, and Gatesy and, and we spoke with Hank Vogel's the other day, was that just a, a natural thing that developed amongst the group? Yeah, I suppose it was. It was quite animated, and uh, I suppose when you when you're in an element with so many people and such a camaraderie, um, like Scotty before was talking about Chris Horner and how it'd be like clashing heads, like even to this day, with commentary teammates. Uh, he'd bring the same, the same, like combative state to, like a team environment as well. Uh, like even when we were working for Cadell, he'd just tell Cadell to shut up <laughs> at certain <laughs> points. So it was, it was pretty entertaining. So I just came into it at that point with those guys, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty entertaining. So I mean, I just I just went into it. As I am, and uh, everything, everything. If people found it entertaining, that was 
that was what it was. And I'm glad people found it to be as, uh, you know, as gleeful as, as what I found it to be. So, you know, that's all good. Now, obviously, Scooter mentioned before, you know, 2010 Giro, it was such an amazing uh, year. Uh, what are your memories when you when you go back in the mental archives back to, to that race? Uh, I think for me, I I said to a few people beforehand that uh, I was really at a stage in which uh, I didn't know whether I'd just be uh, like in a domestic type role for the rest of my career, or whether I'd be finding my feet as a as a stage winner or a jersey winner at that point, but the the race at that point and the preparation involved was to a point in which it, it just yielded uh, such a great result that uh, that things tended to to go to to a really positive uh, to a really positive stage and um, yeah it was uh, it was fantastic and and just having such a great team involvement around around me and, and just, you know, such a, a good vibe. Um, it was just fortunate for me that I found myself in a, a really, really great position. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was luck and as well as, uh, as well as that, it was, there was all the, the training and, and all the correct, you know, steps you've got to take to, to put yourself in that place. Uh, so, so that was really great. So, yeah, I'm just fortunate. Ify? Maddie, take us through uh, that stage win. Just take us through you know, how it unfolded. Well, about, uh, I think about 40, 40 kilometres into the stage, we sort of shut down a lot of the major breakaway groups that had tried to get down the rope. And then uh, Burton Yoli, and myself got down the road by ourselves and we just said to ourselves, uh, you know, do you want to do this? Because there was still like a, an odd 160K to go uh, for a two-man breakaway. That was that was no mean feat. And I said, do you, do you really want to stick this through? And he said, yeah, we'll do this. And I knew that there were two climbs towards the end of the stage and then the the downward uh, 15K into Marino del Carrara, uh, which were all pretty much flat. And I thought to myself, if, if I can get rid of him uh, on the two climbs towards the end, then I might be able to end up with a stage win here. And then the break got out to about seven minutes, seven and a half minutes at some point and we were approaching sort of 30K to go and uh, I just started launching these hammer attacks on him and got rid of him once and he'd come back and then uh, then the second time I just thought, oh, just put it in the big ring and and just put this like gap into him and he didn't recover and I was just alone. 
So I just decided to time troll for the rest of the day. Oh, Lord, he's dropped out. Lost him. Uh, okay, yeah, I, hopefully we'll dive back, dive, um, dive, dive back in. Hey, that, I just brought up the results of that stage. He ended up beating Bertiagli by a minute and six seconds, and it was a bunch sprint behind it. So Daniel Hondo, Belletti, Pizzato, Bonnet, Modelo, um, Braden Cook was 10th. He, so he held on for second by nine seconds. So Whitey's taken off on him. Um, and then he, they both had to solo towards the end. And uh, yeah, while Lordy coming ahead, a minute and 15 ahead of the peloton, um, Ruben's only held on by nine seconds. So he almost got flicked by the whole bunch. So he's back. You're back, Lordy. Hey, Lordy, are you able to tilt your camera <laughs> so it's on the side and then we can get a full screen? Just quality yeah. control. We've got extremely high standards here on the detail. That's it, mate. <laughs> All good. There we go. So you, you, was... you're almost at the final. You put it in the big dog and then you wait for it. Yeah, put it in the big dog. And uh, I, I remember Scotty McGorry told me in the tour of Wellington uh, years back in which I ended up winning that and there was a time trial on the last day and he just said, use bigger gears, like when it comes to time trialling, which I wasn't really <laughs> used to doing. But I just put it in the 11 and thought, screw this, I'm just going to charge towards the end. And the time gap just, like, it just started to evolve. And, you know, the, <laughs> the directors were like, they're all charged up just thinking, what's this kid doing? And, and it just ended up being really, really great. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic. So that's the How way the Giro more? works, I suppose. How many more cyclists, Lloydy, do you think would have had victories if they could only channel wise words from Scott McGrory coming into the final there? <laughs> Here we go. Stitch up. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really know. People are missing Scotty's out. Scotty's good. People are missing out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say, well to, use, to use a great word of Dan Jones, Shitloads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but hey, um, you're on Scott. No, let, let me let me, now. Yeah, now you've stitched yeah. me up. Hey, mate, what, right. what's just that feeling though? Right. So it would have been a time like you're trying to get part, get rid of you, Rubens, so that you can solo towards the end. But then you obviously had you know I just I looked up the the results there. You finished a minute and fifteen ahead of the peloton. He only finished nine seconds ahead, so he almost got run down. And once you get to that point, you know, you're probably 10Ks out thinking, oh, I reckon I've got enough time here, 5Ks out. You get to the last K, you know it's all over. They're not going to catch you. What's that like, that last kilometre at the Giro, you know, coming in to win that stage and, you know, preparing for that victory salute? What's going through your head, mate? How good is it? We've lost Lordy, so I'll answer it for him. Awesome, Yeah, mate. please. It's awesome. it good? <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> It was awesome. I, uh, I could see he dropped out, and I'm thinking he's still going with his questioning. Do I cut him off or let him go? Nah, but Lottie's back. Mate. No, he's back. So no, I'm it's back. Just, it's, mate, I'm don't worry. We, we, have heaps, we have heaps of Wi-Fi issues on this show. We're used to it. But it, Scooter, <laughs> do you want to quickly shorten that question? I will. I just, what, what was it really like? In the last kilometre when you knew that it was, it was over and you were going to win this stage solo at the Giro, biggest win ever, what was going through your head? How was, how was the emotions? Uh, to be honest, I think it's 
it's sort of like you get to know your place and you've been, you know, you've been dreaming of, you know, moments like that for so long and and things like that. Uh, uh, I think it, it takes you to just a different a different place and you sort of go back to thinking about, you know, family and friends and the teammates and that. Uh, we've got serious Wi-Fi issues with Lloydie here. He's ca- any any any, any yeah. other questions you want to ask him, and I'll answer for Lloydie. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it sounded like he was about to say, you know, it goes back to family and friends. And, you know, yeah. pro- pro- you know, he's a, he's a very he's always a very deep thinker, and I think you know he's going to talk about the hard work that goes into mm. it, the commitment, and and you know the the respect and love people give to gave to him over the years. You know, obviously it all comes through, and you it's like you. It's also uh, justification, you know. You've got this you know, bit of validity, perhaps. Here he comes. He's back. You're back, Lloydie. How's your Wi-Fi in Melbourne, mate? You on MBN? Can you hear us? Now we've lost Lloydie's audio. Oh, she's all happening, folks. <laughs> it's, it's <been laughs> comical of errors. Uh, hey, on unmute, Mike. No, we haven't got the mic connected. You can you hear us now, Lloydy? Yep, you're back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good now. You're right, mate. Scooter. No, well, you, I'll let you finish off, mate. You were just talking about, um, you know, thinking about your family and friends, and as you're coming to the finish of that stage. Yeah, I think uh, all the all the subtleties and and things like that uh, come into mind. Um, Above all else, I mean, I, I tell a lot of people that there were points. Uh, I think with most with most sports people's careers that you know you feel like you know you're not going to to make it to such crescendo moments, um, and I'd certainly been through them beforehand. Um, but you get to to moments like that. And it all just it all just comes together, and you think how fortunate you are. So, so it was yeah, it was really great. And uh, and after that, the next yeah, the next two and a bit weeks was just a dream, really, with the whole team working for me, and you know, defending a jersey, and and having Richie and Cadell around just to to be together and, and help out. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just a really special time. So, yeah, it was great. You, you mentioned uh, Richie Port there. Now, this was the Giro where he really emerged uh, on the world scene. Uh, I think he had the leader's jersey uh, for a couple of stages there at one point. Then, what were your initial impressions of Richie when he burst on the scene back then? I certainly knew he was mega, mega talented. And I knew that he was a potential in 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 Grand Tours to be uh, to be up there. And um, I remember one day we were descending, and his his bike confidence wasn't that great on descents, so I ended up pushing him back into the front group. And and after that, he said, you know, oh. Thanks, man. You know, that was great. And I said, you know, 
deserved to be there. And and after that, he just progressed and progressed. And yeah, I suppose the next year he was great, and and he's just become just a really, really solid, really solid rider. And uh, and all those those little things, I suppose, we were able to help each other out with. And uh, you know, the results sort of speaks for themselves. So yeah, it's it's been great just to see him evolve. Ify? I've got the greatest memories of when you first uh, started racing. I mean, you were you, you were racing at St Kilda uh, Cycling Club and you didn't have any experience and suddenly you were, bang, uh, winning big races. And I've got a feeling it might have been um, Mount, Mount Borbor in a Sun Tour. You, you yeah. were on the stage at Mount Borbor? Yeah, because I remember that uh, Carl Wilson was your team manager. And I remember you telling me the, tell the story. Uh, this kid could climb a little bit, you know, I'm watching him. Anyway, we get to uh, the, the big Mount Borbore stage or the day before. And he said, now, this is what I want you to do. He's giving them all the rules and what they should do. And you said to Carl, well, no, I'm actually going for the stage win. Carl said, uh, I don't think you're quite ready for that, mate. But uh, you certainly shut him up because uh, you, you won the stage, beating some very big hitters to win the stage in uh, up Mount Borbore, which is the steep, so I reckon the steepest climb in Australia. Yeah, that was a that was an entertaining one. We had a team meeting, and uh, and Carl said, you know, this is the plan. Just keep it low key. Uh, you know, keep your gun in the holster. You know, and tried to, you know, keep everyone calm, and uh, and I think it was maybe I think Jerry was one of the sponsors because Mitchelton was uh, Mitchelton was one of the sponsors of the, the under twenty three team at that point, and uh, and he said to us, uh, who who here feels like they can you know, put their foot in the door and, you know, make it make a footprint on the stage. And I just said, I can, because I just felt like it. And then <laughs> I found myself down the road by about, you know, seven or eight minutes and ended up winning the stage. And, uh, yeah, Carl was just delighted, as you can imagine. And, uh, yeah, it was... <laughs> It was good, and then ended up getting it, it, just a contract for a pretty shitty French team. But I mean, if you don't make those steps, then you never know. So, yeah, it was all good. I was um, I was managing uh, the guy that ran second to you that day, um, and uh, it was Mitch Docker, I think on that particular stage, was riding for Drapak and I'd only just started working for the team as the DS. And no no words of wisdom to Mitch was going to close the gap down to you, mate. You blew him away on the climb. That's that's uh, that's that's up there with your Zonkalans and stuff like that. Like that is <laughs> is there's no remorse on that thing. It it's is, just... though. That's exactly right. It de definitely is. Not have the same mythical name, but it, as far as how hard it is, it's right up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Have you been Have you been watching much of the Giro, mate? Have you been, uh, had the opportunity to, to really 
get stuck into it and have a good look. Yeah, particularly over the last uh, the last week or so, uh, I think I think the main thing for me uh, will probably come down to today uh, with Caruso being sort of in touch with Bernal. Uh, maybe over thirty k, it's not it's not really uh, an undoable task. Um, and I'm sure, as you'd have seen with that area, there's no there's no undulation at all. Um, but because uh, because Bernal has not done any you know specific work with time troll in particular, um, it'll probably come down to to sort of incremental periods in which. Uh, you know, he can make up time and potentially come rather close to taking the pink. Uh, but, That's I mean, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it's still a it's, significant it's, it's gap. It's two minutes. Two minutes in 30K. I don't think he can get anywhere near two minutes. Ooh, I to take a bit I, of Chris Horner here. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just don't. You could take a minute out of him, but that would be max, I reckon. Can I give yeah, you a head-to-head -head in time trials? Yeah. Yes. I know the head-to-head. So they've raced each other four times um, or five times. Uh, five times, sorry. Caruso has beat Bernal four out of the five. So four to Caruso, one to Bernal. Um, the last sort of time, you have to go back to 2018, to get deep into a race, it was the Tour de France where um, stage 20 of the Tour de France, which had a longer time trial, and Caruso beat Bernal by 30 seconds back then. Um, so Caruso, you know, he's not a standout time trial, but on that particular stage, he was 13th at the Tour de France and he was 30 seconds faster than, than Bernal. So you will expect Caruso, I think, to go quicker than him um, in this one. But, I, yeah, I can't, I can't see him. You know, he, might, he might get a minute, maybe more. Um, and if Bernal's... One of the things Bernal said that the reason he hasn't been doing lots of time trial prep is because his back hurts so much when it's in the, the time trial position down on the bars. Um, so, hey, who knows? Who knows? I think normal situation, it's all done, but this isn't a normal Giro. So wait and see how much hey, time Caruso takes. Lloydie, did you enjoy the TTs like at races like the Tour de France when the, the crowds were chock-a-block? Obviously, you weren't going for GC. Were you able to sort of soak up the atmosphere and – Wind up the crowds. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, good job. I, th I think your hands over the mic, mate. You're sounding like you're underwater. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I think it's it's sort of the thing where the directors tell you to just pretty much take it as easy as possible, but you're still just over the limit, so. You don't want to be charging into it like you're just thrashing yourself, but mm. at the same time, you still want to be, you know, in the moment and absorbing everything, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and just just knowing that, you know, you've got a whole bunch of, you know, family and friends around, and you know, spectators just there for the event. Uh, it's a special sort of time. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, the time trials are, 
Yeah, they're they're sort of a yeah, they're a, a sort of a, a specific taste, if you will, for anyone who you know who wants to you know get deeply involved in them. Then you can, and you can just hammer yourself. Or if you don't have to, then you just don't. So, yeah. Some some riders like look at the tour as, as like a necessary evil and prefer races like the Giro because you know it's heaps of passion and it's not as full on. Did you feel the same way comparing, say, the Giro and the Tour? I suppose, I suppose, living in in Italy, uh, and and being involved with their, you know, with their culture. Um, you sort of you get adapted to being part of of their race, and well, you know the the Tour de France is is such a, a momentous you know occasion, mainly for the media, uh, and not only the riders, but you know the teams will often try and and try and do like a like a a catering process to try and uh, to try and place riders in positions where they'll just be preparing solely for for the Tour de France or the Giro or the Vuelta. Um, but for me, I was always open to all three of them, and that's probably why I ended up doing all three of them quite openly. Uh, and then you. You go out to the Tour de France is obviously the the epicenter of uh, of cycling and, and things like that, um, but then you see the, the spectatorship, you know, alongside the Giro, and it's just massive. Uh, probably the same spectatorship that you find at, at you know at the Giro or the Vuelta. So I think you know for me all three of them were were quite similar in that sort of standpoint. Um, we've got a few comments we can bang through again. Uh, Paul Colleen, it's not over yet. Still could be a mechanical or a touchdown. We don't want to see that. And Scooter, we've mentioned on the show before that famous uh, TT. Uh, we're at, out the front of the Coliseum in 2009 and the Italian commentators in particular were ecstatic. They were. So Dennis Metchoff in the leader's jersey. It was Danilo De Luca in second place. But I think two minutes... Two minutes or so behind, come into that final time trial, wet cobbles coming around the Coliseum, and Metchoff was 800 metres to go, just slid down the road. Now, the mechanic for uh, Rubberbank that year was incredible. He should have got an award because he was oh, out yeah. of the car before they'd stopped and before uh, Metchoff had stopped sliding. Um, straight up to him, bam, on the bike again and gone. Now, the mechanic next to sorry, the, the, the media guys from Italy in the marquee after the finish line, all they saw was... Menchov's crashed. DeLuca's going to win the Giro. And they hadn't thought that, well, hang on, if he gets up quickly, he's still got a two-minute buffer. Um, and one of the guys, one of the, the journos, was so excited, he was holding the leg of the marquee and just shaking the whole marquee, yelling, Bellissimo! 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 <laughs> and everyone's spoiling the thing, shaking. And then he's realised, he looked at the TV and he saw that uh, Menchov was already back up on his bike and coming around the final corner. He's like, oh, bugger. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never been after it. Yeah, I was, I was right there. I was right there with the camera at the finish line, and Menchoff rode up within two foot, pulls off his TT helmet, slams it on the crowd, and just screams like, Rah! like this gladiator battle. Here yeah, we are at the man, Russian. Oh yeah, but no, the classic has to be Rasmussen. That was great, wasn't it? The emotions great. Rasmussen. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, that has to be the most ridiculous uh, final stage. He could not stay on the bike. He just, no matter what he did, he just, it was like it had uh, flopsy wheels or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that was bizarre. Paul's backed up and said, I'm not wishing for any. Uh, Max, <laughs> nice beard, Dan. Thanks, Max. Uh, Kirsty Baxter says, Scooter, maybe now it's time to bring up Dan's music playlist. What do you mean by that? Oh, she's not too. She's not too. She's seen your playlist. I think is on Spotify. And, ah, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a few too many love ballads in there. I think. Oh, she's seen my playlist. Yeah, isn't that isn't that private? Oh Anymore. no. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. all know Dan. We know Dan is a romantic at heart. So the yes, of course, that's yes. right. Yeah. Uh, Gary yeah. says, "How do we get Scooter to open the wallet and buy a decent microphone?" Whack. Whack. Well, <laughs> Gary can. If he really wants it, he could pay for it. Yeah, no, we'll we'll, we'll put we'll put the hat around, mate. We'll get you a decent bike leading up to the tour. Free Ranger says these stories and memories are what make the detour detour show so good. It's really a who's who of Aussie cycling. Of course, we're very lucky to have the great Matty Lloyd on at the moment. Jason Cruz says in some of the Matt Lloyd interviews when he was racing, you could have thought he ended up being a stand-up comic, talented climber. I think uh, one of the funny ones, Lloydie, was back in the day when we used to ask random questions was bringing back the Biff. Remember there was the post-stage Biffo and we were asking you, you know, what do you reckon, Lloydie? And you're like, oh, mate, I was there. I was bloody throwing a few into the fi- Bring it back. Yeah, it's bloody great. I think that got some pretty good oh, cut yeah. through. Do you remember that? Oh, the old diamond cutter. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, it was. A, a I think it was. line there on your, on your shoulder. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the old the old diamond cutter was pretty good. Um, who was it from Quick Step? He threw the wheel at uh, Barreto, was it? Yeah, Barreto. Yeah, it was Barreto. <laughs> yeah, he took his front wheel out and just piffed it. At <laughs> that guy. It was so good. <laughs> so good. I tell uh, you, Lordy. Uh, I was going to say last. I haven't been too good this week. I've been a bit crook, and I ended up having to go into hospital one night. So I'm lying in there. They're doing all these blood tests and MRIs and stuff. And the the resident doctor, this is in at uh, St John of God in Geelong, um, started talking. He said, "Oh, a cyclist." He said, oh, "I used to race um, with Carnegie." He said, "Oh, yeah." And he said, um, yeah, I worked a bit in Athel Andrews' bike shop in Brighton. Yeah. He said, and I went to school with Matty Lloyd. How's Matty Lloyd going? I said, well, you wouldn't believe it. We're going to have him on our podcast in a couple of days. So he said, oh, I'll be watching. I'll be, his name is Jonathan. I'm not, I, I don't know his surname, but he's a, a doctor in, a, in a St. John of God now. But uh, lovely guy. Lovely young guy. Yeah. We went no, to school with you, Lloyd. Oh, that's all good. Well, uh, I'll no doubt get in touch with him, particularly if he's watching, and uh, and be able to touch base. So it's a small world, really. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, 
Uh, David says, well, KOM in a stage at Giro and the Australian jersey, et cetera, et cetera. What a career. Lloydie, when you look back, obviously the Giro stands out, but what are, what are the key things that you look most fondly on when you look at your career, Lloydie? Uh, obviously the Australian Championships, um, uh, Giro stage win, Giro jersey, uh, the other sort of the other Tour de France's, uh, the other Giro's as well, um, and also the classics as well. Uh, the classics for me were never really anything, you know, spectacular, but uh, they were they were always something to look forward to at the start of the season, and um, and that was great. And also, you know, the Tour Down Unders were really, really good to, to kick it off. And, uh, and yeah, I think on the, on the broad spread of things, everything was, was really fantastic. So, yeah, I've got, you know, no regrets and, uh, and everything's been fantastic. So, yeah, it was great. Uh, I think my uh, playlist is getting leaked. I've got to have to update it. Kirsty says, that's the thing about football by the could have beans. That's it. I've got this playlist called Belters, and she's leaked it. So I need to update that. I, it's just random stuff that I've thrown in there. So anyway. Uh, Wombat Breast says, thanks for the show, gents. Please announce your show plans for it during Dolphin Atria, Swiss Tour de France, etc. cetera. Um, Ify? Yeah, so uh, I spoke to the... Big Kahuna at, at, at Bike Exchange uh, today. So uh, Tour de France, we'll be doing it just like we have for the Giro every night, uh, which would be wonderful. Uh, you might have to step up a little bit, uh, Dan, start doing a bit of work, but uh, that should be sensational. Um, and for the other ones, we will be doing updates. Like we might do you know, two or three during the, the, the uh, Dauphiné, which starts tonight. <laughs> um, and same uh, Tour Swiss. Um one of my favourite races, um, yeah. So we'll keep you, we'll keep you informed, guys. Yep. So, Lloydie, what what are you up to nowadays? We know you're back in Melbourne. Are you still connected with uh, cycling in any way? Uh, I've been doing a bit of work for uh, for Giant um, because one of their one of their biggest stores is just down the road. Um, doing a bit of client liaison stuff and the other work that I've been doing has just been with uh, with my sports psychology because I got a master's degree in, in sports psychology uh, sort of at the, the later point in 2019 and uh, most of that work has been through uh, getting in touch with um, I suppose, I suppose most of it's been been getting in contact with people who are younger and have, you know, different uh, disabilities and things like that, which has been really, really good. And uh, I think otherwise, some of the work was involved with with the folks who didn't know whether they were going to 
be going to the Olympics if they were going to be on or not. Uh, so that was that was also interesting. Um, but it seems to be going forward as far as we know so far. So, yeah. Uh, but apart from that, everything's been pretty smooth and, um, yeah, I'll just keep ticking along doing... Uh, doing general things day to day and uh, yeah, just keeping it real. Good stuff, mate. Scooter? Oh, just sports psychology, mate. It's just ride a big gear. That's all you got to do. <laughs> just got to say it. Ride a big gear. Pedal faster. My dad used to say, um, in the clear and not in the rear. He never used to race. So he used to just get up front and be out, out in front. So thanks, Dad. Yeah, every race, bit so. it. Yeah, basically, that's all you'd say. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Miss you, mate. Miss you, mate. Yeah. No, oh, good, mate. It's good to see you. It's good to, uh, yeah. you know, like for a lot of you – know, Australia's got such rich cycling history, you know, so many great stories. And, and as we, you know, we're hearing from uh, from the fans that are listening, they do love the uh, the funny stories from inside the peloton that they wouldn't normally get to hear them. And the emotions and what it's like. What is it like to – you know, you see some people that win races all the time and it's, oh, well, yeah, they just won another one. But you know, each each win, each race, even each loss has some deeper meaning, which um, and a real journey behind it. So, uh, as has yours, mate. No, thanks for that. Certainly. Well, it's been bloody great having you on the show, Lordy. Um, wish you all the best with future endeavours, mate. And we'll have to check in again soon, mate. Oh, for sure. Thanks for your, thanks for your time, gentlemen. No worries, mate. Yeah. Good to Take see you, buddy. Really look forward to catching up for a coffee, uh, uh, Lordy. Yeah, sounds really good. Sounds good. Okay, mate. See you, mate. Bye, Matty Lloyd. As we said, what a career! Mountains jersey winner in 2010, stage winner of the Giro, uh, Australian national road title. Uh, when was that? But 2008, was it? I think you're right. I think you might be spot on there. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was a great win, too. Yeah. Was that um, the Bunny Bunnyong circuit? Yep. 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 Oh, there you go. Yeah, a little climate. He needed that one. He would have enjoyed that. That was a, a circuit that he, he absolutely loved. Hey, um We're uh, waiting for Matt White. We've sent him a message. He was he's all lined up to come on at seven thirty. Yes, so uh, originally he wanted to come on really early, which was just too early for everyone else. And I said he said, because then I've got to have a meeting and then I'm going out to do a, 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 a time trial, proper time trial recce. I said, What about after that? He said, Fine, I'll come on at uh, 7.30. But obviously that recce's taken uh, a fair bit more time. So look, if you can't get on tonight, we'll, we'll do the wrap-up of the whole stage tomorrow and we'll get uh, Whitey's um, uh, impressions of everything and let him uh, answer uh, Chris Horner tomorrow night. Well, maybe yeah. maybe he saw the Chris Horner clip and he said, that's it. I'm done. The detour band. The Black Book. Yeah, you, you air that, you're finished. Um, well, predictions for the stage. Lads. Well, can I say that um, I think the only real big mover here um, is going to be Almeida. Almeida, who you know, he's down on GC, but um, in eighth place, he'll end up finishing in fifth. I think he'll really jump up. Um, he's only a minute off bar day sitting in fifth place. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to go faster than that. He's such a good time trialer. Yeah. From the rest, the times will change and the gaps will be different. But, you know, first, second, third, fourth, I can't see them moving at all. Garner's going to win the stage by how much? Half a day. Um, yeah, Half a day. With Almeida being a the biggest mover. 
half a day, I reckon, he'll win by. Yeah. Just got a message from Whitey Beyond in two minutes. So oh, he's back. Good, good. No, pre- oh, we'll thanks finish. to the guys Talk. that have stayed on watching. <laughs> what was that? Um, thanks to the guys still watching. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think, Tony, um, about um, the time trial? I can't disagree with anything you just said. I reckon Almeida will move up, you know, four or five spots, four spots anyway, up to up, up to fifth. Um, and I'm gonna have to say, gonna. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, the Frenchman, what's his name? Cavania. Um, Koenig. Cavania. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he he probably hasn't had to dig quite as deep as uh, as Ghana in the last. A uh, few days, so maybe he has got a little bit in reserve there to make it a bit closer than what you think, maybe down to quarter of a day. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'll pick Ghana, Cavania, and then yeah, Almeida, uh, maybe even third on the stage. What would have been the time gap if Yatesy was on a blinder yesterday? That would have been like, oh, it's you, you can't pick it if we went into today's stage. Well, he was only 20 seconds down on uh, Al Caruso before the start uh, yesterday. So any time he gained, th- they would have had a battle royal for second place. Mm. Um, Bernal would have, yeah, well, he would have had to take another minute out of Bernal uh, and then you it would have been really, a pressure comes on, all of those things. But, uh, yeah. See, look, look at all these mountain stages, right? So whenever it's me, say Caruso winning um, Yatesy with the second place and then that stage win as well, the actual time gaps and the time that Bernal has lost in each of those occasions has been minimal. It's only been 20 to 30 seconds. It's not much at all. We haven't seen the big blowout, you know, two minutes, three minute time gaps and, and you know, like the Chris Froome comebacks and the, you know, the Sabotelli's and the Nibbley's and these big, massive comebacks from behind from, um, that we've seen in the past. So... Uh, I think even if Yatesy had his best form yesterday, he might have picked up 45 seconds over Bernal. Um, that was it. Now, we're talking about the numbers when Yatesy won the other day. They said that Bernal's numbers were actually really, really good. So his power output and everything was great. And that was on his bad day. So it mm. just shows how close all these guys uh, really are. It's um, quite, hey, quite exceptional. In other news, Sagan not going to Quickstep currently? Well, yep. did you read? did you read about... It's and you know why though? Like it's not like oh let's just take Peter Sagan. It's Peter. Plus, yeah, he he, wants, he wants to bring 20, 25 people with him. Yeah, he's got eleven. <laughs> what? Arrived of eleven. Yeah. So this is this is the deal, right? He's like, okay, I'd love to come with the team. Now the main connection is specialized bikes. Okay, so it's not like to Koenig have to pay whatever it is four or five million bucks for for Peter. Specialized will be bringing all that money, so he, they're going to be paying him most of it anyway, right? So that's kind of the, the deal. He's only going to go to a place that rides a specialized bike um, or to a team, but he has to bring his brother. This is the condition he has to bring his brother, he has to bring uh-huh. Daniel Oss, he has to bring Maciek Bodnar, he also has to bring Eric Basker. They're the riders, has to come with him. He's got two mechanics that he wants to bring with him two Swannies, a team manager, a press officer, and a hospitality manager. That's the conditions of coming in. That is a posse. Yeah, right. Now, um, Giovanni Lombardi is his manager. He was, uh, he stated that, look, we can make some adjustments to that. And there are two of those people, didn't say who, that you don't have to take. 
Now, how bad would you feel if you knew yeah. that you were one of those people? You, know, mm, you got the, 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 the hospitality manager. I don't know, but yeah, you—they're the expendable two that we don't need. So he may be going to uh, total direct energy by the sounds of it. Hey, Whitey, have you got twenty-five extra spots on the squad next year, mate? You want Sargon? Uh, no, we, we haven't got that much room to move, mate. <laughs> Extraordinary demand, though, isn't it? To, to actually, yeah, you first, want to come to the team, but there's another ten you got to bring with me. I'd just yeah. like to say thanks heaps, uh, Whitey. I know you've been really busy out doing a, a, a recon of the course, so we'll hear all about that in a minute. But before we go any further, I'd just like to say congratulations on a brilliant Giro. Uh, a podium spot in the Giro is something special. So congratulations. The team have ridden absolutely brilliantly for the, for the whole event. So well done, bud. No, thanks, John. The team has been, the team has been incredible uh, over the last month. Riders, staff, everything's worked really, really well, given uh, Simon all the support that he, that he has needed. And the boys have backed him day, from day one all the way through. Uh, he's got 30 kilometres to get through this afternoon. But uh, no, it's been a it's been a great performance from the uh, from the entire team. I see you got happy in the background, that, chewing on a bit of food. Yeah, uh, we're we're heading back. Just did the recon with Happy and uh, and Yatesy. Uh, now we're on our way back from the centre of Milan, back to our hotel, which is close to the start area. Well, I'm taking Happy back to the start area because he's off first. Yatesy's in another car. He's going back to the hotel because he doesn't race until uh, later this afternoon. And uh, do it all over again. Is Happy uh, pissed off that all this work he's had to do on the front ruled him ineligible to uh, to qualify for those bottles of spew manti? The bottle, the bottles of spew manti for what? If you, remember, if he finished last that year, he was doing the horses. He was trying to get those twenty five bottles that you said that you get for the Lanton Rouge. Ah, uh, yeah, we've taken Hebby too far into the race for that. Yeah, and uh, no, no, he's uh, totally off the uh, off out of the chasing for that one, mate. Ah, uh, well, there's, a, there's always next year. There's always there's always next year. There's always next year. No, I think Hebby Hebby will do a good one this afternoon. It's a good course for him, fast, and uh, yeah, we, we just had a look at the course now. Uh, it's it's. Let's just say it's not showcasing. It's not showcasing Milan's finest uh, 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 architecture. Oh no! But and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting course through the burbs, and um, it's uh, the finish. We well, finish downtown, but the first, the big, the big chunk of the time trial, you feel like you're in an industrial area, car park. Um, until you pop out there in the in the the last couple of k into the city, so it's it's uh, it's technical at times, but it's it's going to be lightning fast. Um, I, if Happy wants to ride well today, um, all he's got to do is catch his minute man. Just the, whoever it is that starts one minute in front of him, he's just got to make sure he catches him. Actually, I can't remember who Happy. Who you remember who you chased Happy? Oh yeah, Ghana. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> if we catch, if we catch him, if we catch him, something has gone uh, drastically wrong for Ghana, and incredibly well for us. <laughs> no, I did look at the start list. That's why I said, "Catch him in the man. You're fine." Uh, um, so, what, what about the roads themselves? We've seen Dan and I were oh, there at least in 2009 what? when the, the roads were terrible. Um, and the, on the stage in Milan, I wasn't a time shot, but any dangerous stuff to worry about, potholes and things like that? Yes. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of them. Yep. 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 The, the, there's ah, uh, there's a few funky, there's a few funky corners with uh, with some uh, grids in inappropriate places. Um, but yeah, I think and there's and in some sections there's so so many things to dodge that uh, you know, the riders are just going to have to pick their own line through uh, through some of those corners and through some of those areas. But 85% of the course is fast and flowing, uh, and then the other 15%, you're in and out of towns, left and right, got a few railway lines to negotiate, and uh, and then there's the odd uh, manhole cover and plot hole in the inappropriate places. Iffy? <laughs> the Giro <laughs> excels again. Um I, I, the Giro I rode, we finished with a 30k time trial into Verona, but uh, I was cruising that much, so I didn't have to worry about potholes. Um, but uh, we we had a uh, little uh, film clip, which I think uh, um, I think Dan will show in a minute from from um, Chris Horner, who has a go at you for the tactics used uh, yesterday. We'd love to uh, get your um, uh, response to it. Do you want, do you want me to play the video now, or do you just want to summarise, John? Well, I, I, well, I, he has a go at you for um, putting Chris Horner on the front. No, for putting Chris Horner, <laughs> Chris Jules Jensen on the front when uh, Bahrain had gone, and he reckons it put, put, was putting a lot of pressure on uh, Ineos, and that you shouldn't have helped. Uh, who, who said this, mate? Your Chris mate, Horner. Chris Horner. Ah, oh, Chris Horner. He said yeah, it was a bonehead okay. move. <laughs> bonehead. A bonehead move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes one to know one, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he was saying that if you didn't have a guy on the front there, it would have put more pressure on Ineos um, to bridge that gap well, or guess whatever. What? Well, guess, well, guess what? Guess what? I'm in the bike race. He is watching on television. And Chris Jules Jensen had five more minutes left in him, so that's why we did it. Well, there you go. And, yeah, uh, pretty, we'll, pretty we'll simple get... explanation. No, but what, but what he was actually leading to was um, that you'll be better off not to do that. We'll put more pressure on Ineos to make them chase because uh, they were you know, in, a, in a spot of bother right at that time. And I just wonder whether you'd already got the message uh, from the HC that he wasn't really 100%. Uh, no, but but what I should have done, I actually I should have run Chris Horner and uh, had a good <laughs> chat to him uh, because he cl- clearly, clearly understood the situation better than myself. Um <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, at the, at the end of the day, if you actually watched the bike race, uh, Ineos didn't catch the breakaway, did they? So there was pressure on those guys all the way to the line, and uh, Chris was going to be in there for five minutes longer. And actually, we were looking to try to win the stage, so we had already put pressure on Ineos by not helping them through the, through the vast majority of the day. And then when we when we had one guy left with him, we had Mikel Nieve was in that group as well. Uh, he didn't do a turn. And Chris had five minutes left on him. So Chris had just come back with a, uh, a jacket for Simon. And we said, might as well go to the front. You've got five minutes left in you. And at the end of the day, we didn't want it to blow out anymore because actually second place, who we were trying to beat, was up the road. So yeah. we didn't want we didn't want Caruso. We wanted, we wanted Caruso back as well 
So we're, we're not, we weren't riding just against Ineos. We're also riding against Caruso, who we wanted to beat on the stage and take some time on. Exactly what I said. I agree with you, Whitey. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Um, what, do you, if you, what do you think about the tactic? Like, obviously, they won the stage and, and they did well. But uh, so also, um, Bardet, you had two Aussies in Stora and Hamilton lighting up on the descent of San Bernardino. Yeah, that's when the, Ineos, yeah. the, uh, sorry, the Bahrain guys went across as well. From a spectator's point of view back here, for us, it was fantastic. It was really good racing, but obviously it's stressful from your side. But what did you think about the tactics of, of DSM and, um, and the Bahrain boys? Oh, look, I think it's a tactic that uh, – well, I know the Bahrain guys, I'm talking to those guys at the hotel, they were this – they noticed that the Ineos guys had all put their rain jackets on uh, over the top so when when you when you're doing that sort of stuff, it's sort of it's a bit of an indication that those guys were they were there was no need for them to to rip the descent. So when DSM took it on, uh, they were onto that quick smart and they capitalised off uh, they capitalised off uh, off that push, and uh, and which then put Ineos under under a lot of pressure. But uh, th- both those guys rode really well, uh, and it was a plan. Look, we, we we actually wanted to make it hard on the uh, on the Splugel Pass, but we didn't get a chance to because of what it, what what had eventually eventuated on that descent prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting insight because that's the stuff we don't. Yeah, you know, obviously we don't get to see that, but that's the observations of, of riders within the peloton and how track tactics change on the moment, which is the beauty of cycling, isn't it? You know, it's pre pre race yeah. plans go out the door pretty quickly if you notice something else is happening. Yeah, and, and I think well even. The day before, if, you, if if I'm not sure of the coverage, if you saw when we were chasing the day that Simon won, um, Quickstep ripped the descent incredibly fast, and it put the put the group into three or four different groups uh, from the descent. But it's a tactic that is used more and more now. That, that every time you do get to these technical descents, even uh, if it's 70, 80 k to go, you've got to be prepared for a team to uh, to really rail it and uh, and put your leader under pressure. I'm not a big fan of it, and it's, it's never something that I've ever told our guys to do, because at the end of the day, there can be gains made, but you also, you, know, you could also end up on the flip side and, and put pressure on your own team and actually cause a crash with your own leaders involved. And from an Aussie perspective, we mentioned it earlier, but uh, Michael Storr and Chris Hamilton were were super rides as well. Yeah, definitely. They, they had real classy rides yesterday. And you know, super, very valuable uh, contributions to their team. So they had a, had a great ride. So what's the movements uh, for you, mate, after the Giro? I suppose it all builds up with the, the Dauphiné and the, and the Tour de France and Swiss. Yeah, well, the Dauphiné starts today, mate, uh, oh, because it? of the Olympics. Um, ah. Yeah, Dauphiné Good starts today. Good again on the detail. No, well, I did tell you because, that before, uh, Dan. You, you just you heard it first. To me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, no, it, it's, it starts today. Uh, there's been a bit of a, a calendar adjustment because of the Olympics. And so it, it's start Sunday to Sunday. Uh, I go home for a few days. Then I'll pop into the last four or five days of Tour of Switzerland where the um, majority of our Tour de France group is preparing uh, there. And then, then, off to the, uh, then off to the Tour. But um, the recons, we did a lot of recons for the Giro. We're doing a little bit less for the Tour de France because a lot of our climbers based in Andorra have done, have checked them out themselves uh, over the last month in between their break of competition. 
and there's just one there's one stage more that one of our directors is going to check out uh, in the next week, and then we're going to go to the Tour de France a day early to check out the first two hilltop finishes, which is which are day one and two. Okay. Hey, um, we, we've had a few questions, and even Cadell chimed in when he was on the the podcast a few a few days ago, just about the Olympic Games and um, Michael Matthews, uh, your guy, not being selected. Do you know? What the the background of that was? Is the circuit too hard for him? Do you want to do it or not? What was the story? Uh, all I know is he was keen to do it, uh, but I have no idea of the process of how they selected the team. I, I have nothing to do with anything with cycling Australia, mate. So I have no idea how that process went down. Um, I, I don't even know who the who the full team is selected who's going. I know Michael's not going, and I know Cam is, but uh, I don't know who the other two riders even are. Uh, Richie okay, and Jack Rowan Hayden and Richie Port and Rowan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Sorry, I knew Rowan was going, but I just didn't know who the other two were. So it's Richie and uh, and Jack. Okay. Uh, someone wants it's, to know. It's, it's, it's a tough course. It's a tough course. It's 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 a strange one. It's um it's got a oh, 20, 20 minute climb. I reckon about thirty k to go. It's it's solid solid uh, solid course. Uh, someone wants to know what, what's the plans for Yatesy now? Will he be doing the Vuelta this year? Uh, no, we will not be doing the Vuelta this year. Wouldn't be surprised uh, to see him uh, taking part in the lap of France. Um, and then his, uh, his uh, obviously a big goal for him is the Olympic Games. But first thing first, he'll be uh, he'll be taking a little uh, little bit of a rest. He'll be taking a little bit of a rest after uh, after this race. Okay. Real surprise. I have to go back to that. So, what you you wouldn't expect him to finish the Tour de France if he's really that keen for uh, for the Olympics, especially after what he's just been through. So, what are you expecting him to go in and sort of do first half Tour de France? Well, we've we've got some ideas there, John. We've got some ideas there, John. But he won't be uh, he won't be uh, riding general classification at the Tour de France. That's for sure. If he goes, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, All right. You learn something all the time. Why yep. do you want of information, mate? <laughs> and uh, just, just finally, I want to apologise, Whitey. I uh, I didn't send you that video of the pre-match bloody hockey speech until once the stage started. So I reckon that would have made a big difference if the boys had seen the pump-up speech from uh, Kurt Russell before the start. So I'm going to have to take a bit of ownership of that, mate. All right. I did send it out on the director's WhatsApp group. And uh, that they did like it. They did like it, as I as myself. But uh, no, it did not. The message did not get to the boys in time. Oh no! So that's my bad, mate. That's my bad. Yeah. What about did the footy they... team? What about the yeah the coach? footy team? Did the footy footy coach give him a lift? Well, again, I did that. Not enough time. Yeah. Didn't enough time. Didn't get time to get it to him, mate. So yeah, sorry about that. I think mate. I think I think a few a few with, a few with the foreigners it might have lost the, the same impact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, well, we wish you all the best for the time trial, mate. And uh, thanks again. We can't thank you enough. Everyone's been writing messages in saying how much they've enjoyed your insights every day at the Giro. It's been awesome, and uh, we really appreciate it, mate. Uh, and I reckon. I haven't spoke to the uh, to the other guys here, but unless something absolutely major happens tomorrow that co- that, that uh, creates some drama for you or something exciting, we'll give you a break tomorrow. We'll call, we'll say 
Thanks heaps for this Giro, mate. It's been sensational, and we'll catch you soon. Okay, mate. But, John, you know you're aware that the Giro finishes today. Yes. That's all right. But we do a wrap-up tomorrow <laughs> of oh. the final oh, stage. okay. Okay. I'm, le- I'm letting you <laughs> off. I'm trying to look after you, mate. Oh, okay. Johnny's okay, our okay. talent logistics manager. No, no I'll... I'll- I'll uh, no, I'll be on a flight sometime in mid morning tomorrow. Anyway, mate, back home. All right, mate. Well, yeah. enjoy. Good luck today, and good luck to the rest of the guys. Yeah, cheers, guys. Job well, job well done. Stage win and podium of the the Giro's nothing to sneeze at. So great effort. No, no, uh, the boys have been uh, boys have been incredible, and uh, really proud of how they've got through the month. And uh, the staff has supported them a hundred one hundred and ten percent, which is uh, you've got really good staff. It, it certainly helps the, the month go a lot smoother, and we certainly have here. Yeah, and say good day to Chicho. Go happy. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> All right, you, Take it easy. Ciao, Dan. Ciao, Dan. There, Chicho. There, <laughs> mate. Sports Director Matt White, as we said, it's been fantastic having his insights every stage. Um, doesn't get any better than that. And I'm really looking forward to, outside of cycling, the title fight between Whitey and Horner. I reckon it could go 12 rounds. Yeah, they seem to enjoy each other's company, don't they? I loved it. I loved it. it oh, that's what you need, a bit of fire. That's bloody great. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, we've gone an hour 25. Thanks for everyone for tuning in and thanks for your support throughout uh, the Giro. We will be back tomorrow night uh, to wrap everything up. Uh, But, yeah, it's been uh, a fantastic race so far. And uh, no doubt the time trial, I mean, it could have been a little bit more nail-biting with the GC positions, but it it should still be a great event. Mm. Lordy gives him a chance, so there you go. Yes, you heard it first from Matty Lloyd. Uh, as we always say, mm, yeah, youtube.com yeah. forward slash the detour podcast. Scooter, have you got any tidbits before we go? Uh, no, nothing, nothing. Spare. Well, actually, so that well, actually, yeah, of course I do. Um, <laughs> so where the time trial starts, right? So it's virtually directly north, slightly northwest of, of Milan Center, and it sits basically right in the middle for the east. It's the you know, the Formula One circuit, Monza. Uh, which anyone might be interested in if you're into car racing, as I am, um, and motorbikes. And if you go about the same distance for 25 kilometres to the west is the town of Castellanza, and that was the service course for the MAP-18. So back in the day, you know, team I rode for, um, and I think it was the biggest team at the time, it's the Team Ineos or Team Sky of that era. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty close to uh, the service course. It still continues now as a sports centre and a place where all the riders or any other sports can go and get their lab testing and all those sorts of things done. But, um, yeah, obviously the actual service course for the team, you know, fell over or stopped when the team did in 2002. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, there you go. Scooter. Thanks, Ify. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Cheers.